This morning we're in 1 Peter chapter number 2 and uh, we're continuing to walk through God's word together. Uh, this book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter number 2 and uh, just looking forward to this morning and as we continue to go just asking God if he would just uh, speak clearly to our hearts this morning. Uh, the essential ingredient for spiritual growth this morning is, is where we're going today. The essential ingredient for spiritual growth. And when you're talking spiritual growth, uh, uh, it's not as easy as just popping a pill and watching it happen. Uh, uh, you can't replace God's word. The essential ingredient for spiritual growth would be the Bible. Uh, this week, in fact, uh, as I was studying all week long, I couldn't get that little song off of my head uh, and out of my heart. The B-I-B-L-E. Remember that little song, the B-I-B-L-E? That's, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And, uh, and that's, that's the essential ingredient for spiritual growth. And this morning, we're going to look at that, the best-selling book of all time. Uh, uh, although it might be the best-selling book of all time, I'm not sure how much time we spend in God's word. George Washington said this. Listen to what he said about God's word. He said, is it impossible? It is impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Abraham Lincoln said this, I believe the Bible is God's best gift to man. And uh, when you're talking again about God's word, uh, God's word is, is, is not man's ideas and opinions about God, but it's God revealing himself to us. I mean, think about it. You wouldn't know God apart from his word. There, there's some general revelation. In other words, we can look and we can see the work of his hands and say, man, what a mighty God there is. Uh, but when you're talking about knowing God, uh, he said, I want you to know me. I want you to know all about me. And so so he gave us his word, and his word, really one theme throughout, uh, and the one theme throughout the Bible would be the redemption of mankind. Uh, why is that? Because God wants you to know, he wants you to know that he has a heart for you, that he loves you and desires intimacy, a relationship with you. And, uh, and it's all about the coming of Jesus Christ, bridging the gap of sin that exists between us and God. When you're talking about uh, uh, the Bible, the Bible is, is, is essential ingredient for uh, a healthy Christian. In fact, when you're talking about uh, the Bible, it's not only essential ingredient for a healthy Christian, it's the essential ingredient for healthy churches. Uh, and, and, and I believe this to be true today. Uh, I believe the reason the world is in the mess that it is in is because the church is in the mess that it is in. And it, and, and it comes back to the Bible, uh, the proclamation of God's word. It begins with pulpits. Pulpits need to be preaching from God's word. That's the command in scripture. Preach the word. Preach the word. And a lot of times what we see happening from pulpits, and, 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 and a lot of times what we see happening from pulpits is this. I'm going to select a topic and season it with scripture rather than saying I'm going to take scripture and let that be the meat and potatoes. In other words, in other words when you're talking about the proclamation of God's word, it's, it's all about the power comes from his word. And, and, and when we say, when, when we, when we, I'm the one talking this morning. When, when, when I talk about these things, uh, listen, be, be careful. I don't want you to ever come, I don't want to ever leave anybody wondering uh, if I think that because we're Baptists, we got it all right, because we don't. We don't. Uh, uh, but now there are mainline denominations. There are mainline denominations who have parted from Scripture. There are mainline denominations who have said, uh, we are going to practice things that are actually contradicting the Word of God. God help us. 
But, but by the way, I, I, I've, been in Baptist, I've, been in a Baptist, I've been in a Baptist church where, in fact, on a Sunday morning, they never even opened the Bible. It was a friend's church. We were there speaking on a weekend conference, my wife and I. And on Sunday morning, a guy was preaching, and he never opened the Word of God, never even quoted from Scripture. It wasn't about the Word of God. And so my buddy asked the question at the end of the day. He asked me, he said, hey, what would you think of our church? You really want to know? <laughs> Now, you know what I told him? I Seriously, you know what I told him? I said, I, I believe there's power in the word and there wasn't no power today. There's power in the word of God. It's the reason why we are where we are. This week we were reading through, I'm, I'm gonna get into this text in a minute, but I, this week I had a lot of thoughts in my head. Uh, we, we've been reading through Lamentations, right? And uh, on, our, on our devotional time. And uh, the book of Lamentations, I encourage you to go back there. You know, it's not like an exciting book. Uh, it, paints a, it paints a dark picture, in fact, what it does is it says, hey, here's what happens. Here's what happens when you abandon the proclamation of the word of God. What was taking place was there were prophets of God. Prophets of God were supposed to be delivering the word of God to people of God, but they stopped. They were bringing delusional prophecies is what the Bible said. What is a delusional prophecy? I'll tell you what you wanna hear and not what you need to hear. That's a delusional prophecy, and so, and so Jeremiah was weeping because where once there was vibrant places of worship, now we're desolate, empty, just collecting dust. It was dark. He said the reason for that is because we've abandoned God's word. And that's what happens to churches. But I'm telling you, that's what happens to individuals as well when we, when, when we don't regularly partake of the word of God. And so this morning, talking about an essential ingredient for spiritual growth today. First Peter chapter number two, uh, we're continuing on. Verse number one, the Bible says this. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord and coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value, then, is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed." And so this morning, just talking about these steps to spiritual growth, and, and he begins with the word, therefore. And so when you're talking about uh, spiritual growth, what does it look like? What do we need to, to grow, to be vibrant believers in the Lord Jesus Christ? Uh, re remember where you came from. Remember what it took to get you saved. Uh, the first step, he says, he says, remember the source of your salvation. Therefore, and he goes on from there. What is therefore? It's a continuation of what he's just been saying. And so you have to back up a little bit. If you back up to verse number 23 of chapter number one, we know what he's talking about, the therefore. What's he talking about? Therefore, based upon what are you making uh, this statement? Well, based upon the fact that you were saved when you received the word of God. The Bible says in verse number 23, for you have 
have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable, that is through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. Uh, and the grass withers, and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word which was preached to you. In other words, he's saying, hey, listen, remember when you got conceived? Of course, she didn't remember when you got conceived physically, uh, but, but, but here's what happened. Let me tell you what did happen. Uh, there, there was an egg that was fertilized by the seed, and it took root. And physically speaking, physically speaking, when you were born, you began the process of dying. I mean, that's kind of a morbid thought. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, uh, in, other words, in other words, what he's saying, he's making a distinction here. He says, hey, uh, uh, the wither, the, the, the flesh is like grass and all of its glory, like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off. He says, that which was born physically is in the process of dying. So I'm a dying man. <laughs> in fact, I feel it more today than I did it happens, right? It happens, that process. I, 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 feel, I feel like Rice Krispies snap, crackle, and pop every time I wake up in the morning. It's, uh, it's, you, you, you're going through this process of, of dying. But, but when he says, when you're, when you're born again, what happened to you when you got born again is the word of God was preached and proclaimed or spoken to you somewhere along the way, and it took root in your heart. And when it took root in your heart, it gave you life. And I can tell you today, man, after 39 years of walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm more alive today spiritually than I was when I began. It's amazing. The Word of God, it's powerful. In fact, the Apostle Paul was writing in Romans chapter number one, verse number 16. Remember that? He's writing in Romans chapter one, verse number 16, and he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. First to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. But what's he saying? It's the dynamite. The gospel, the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not in the presentation. It's in the word itself. It's, it's power in the word. Preach the word. Share the word. That's what we're commanded to do. It's not, about, uh, it's not about whether or not I'm capable. It's just about saying I want to be obedient to deliver God's word. Why? Because there's power in the word of God. You know, there's a lot of people that feel like, man, I, I, you know, I, that's just not my thing. I just don't like to talk to people, but I'll be a silent witness. Can I, can I seriously tell you that there's never been anybody saved because of a silent witness? There's never been anybody saved. Now, God might use a silent witness along the way, and I'm grateful to God for that. What do you mean a silent witness? In other words, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be loving. But if we're silent, you know what happens? <clears throat> There's no glory that goes to Jesus. They walk away saying, there's a really good man. There's a really good woman. When they ought to say, I've got a good God that changed my life. <laughs> God help me. You know, the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith. But, but he also says this in Romans chapter number 10, verse number 14 and following. Watch what he says. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And that's not talking about me. That's talking about a proclaimer of God's word. How will they preach unless they're sent? And just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. 
of good things. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? But verse 17, here's where he says it. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's power in the word. Let me ask a question. Two questions. First one is this. Have you ever been born again? Have you ever been born again to be saved, to become a Christian? Uh, when, when the word of God just takes root in your heart, the Holy Spirit of God knocks on the door and you respond by recognizing that I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. And Jesus, I need you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. And you repent of sin and you receive the gift of life through Jesus Christ. You ever been born again? And if you haven't, I want to encourage you today to call on his name. Call on his name. And Jesus Christ says, now, now, I want to use you. You've tasted my grace. You've experienced my grace. Now share with someone else. Be my witnesses. Share, tell what you know to be true about me. Do you know that when it comes to reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that either someone is saved or they're not? That means that everybody, everybody is going in one direction or the other. There's nobody neutral. You're either going towards heaven one of these days. And in fact, in fact, nobody really knows. We might be one heartbeat from heaven or one heartbeat from hell. And the difference is Jesus Christ. And so the question for us would be this. Not only, number one, asking myself, have I ever been saved? But number two, just, just a question, just a question. If we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, people need to be saved by grace through faith and the only way they can have their faith moved is through hearing the word of God. If we know that to be true, then the question for each one of us would be this. Do I care enough to share? When's the last time I even attempted to share with somebody the truths of Jesus Christ? See, I I believe that there's ought to be a lot more people getting saved. But I believe that the dynamite of the gospel, Romans, the power of the gospel, I believe sometimes, in fact, the dynamite just never gets out of the box. God help us to open the box top. There's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. God help us to preach his word. You know, I read a story this week. In fact, <clears throat> the Metropolitan Tabernacle over in London, uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon, most of you know the name Charles Spurgeon. He was the pastor of this great church. And when he, uh, they were opening the doors, they built this big, huge facility. And, uh, and he came the week before they opened the doors, the week before the first service. And, uh, and they say, I've never been there, but they say that the acoustics are incredible in this facility. Well, he goes into this facility the week before the first service, and, and he stands in the dark of night, <clears throat> and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and he leaves. And Sunday morning, he preached his first sermon, and he gave an invitation, and the first one down the aisle was a janitor, and the janitor said this, he said, the other night, You said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and the Holy Spirit of God broke me and I got saved that night. It's not how powerful is the preacher. It's the word of God is powerful enough. It is sufficient. God, help me 
It's where we started our spiritual progress. That's where it started was receiving the word of God. And he says, that's, that's where it started. Therefore, therefore, because you were conceived by the word of God. <clears throat> he says, therefore, put aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And he goes on from there. So the second step would be this. Not only remembering that, that, that when we were conceived, we were conceived by the word of God, but repent of my sin. Repent of my sin before I open his word. Repent of my sin. Get rid of those things in my life. <clears throat> in other words, he's saying this, put aside. He says, put aside. It, it's, it's a word really, it's, it's a word that describes uh, the laying off of soiled garments. I mean, if you want a graphic picture, you would say Lazarus. What about Lazarus? Remember Lazarus, the dude that was dead? And Jesus Christ said, Lazarus, get up. And he came out of the grave and he still had on the grave clothes. And Jesus said, hey, hey, get the grave clothes off of you. Could you imagine if Lazarus said, man, I just want to continue to wear these things. How gross would that be? Unfitting, unfitting. Take off the soiled garments. And he says, put aside these things. It's not an exhaustive list of every sin under the sun, but he gives a list of sins. He says, hey, put aside all malice. Malice. It's just an all-inclusive general term describing sin. That's what it is. Our English derivative would be one that says the intent to harm somebody else. But at the end of the day, he's just talking about sin. In fact, when you look at this list, interesting, um, <clears throat> interesting just to consider the list. Uh, because I, I think that this list is, is discussing uh, what I would call secret sin. A malicious heart. God help me and search me. And he says, put aside all deceit. What is the deceit? The dishonesty. In other words, trying to make others believe something that's just not true. God help me lay aside deceit and not be given to it. Hypocrisy. The hypocrisy. Actors wearing a mask. Spiritual insincerity. Hey, here's what's interesting about this list. He's talking to the people of God. He's, he's, not ta- he's not talking to just the general Joe on a street corner. Now, these people were dispersed. But nonetheless, he's talking to the people of God. Here's what happens to us is when we gather together, so many times we don't deal with the sin in our life. I mean, every one of us, every one of us needs to say, God, search me and deal with me that I might be sincere. Why? Because it affects how we receive God's word. He says, hypocrisy, lay it aside. <clears throat> the envy. What, what, what do you mean by envy? Resenting the prosperity of others. Envy. How, how disgusting is that? I mean, envy, envy will kill a church. There's envy, there's envy that exi- envy exists between pastors. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what does that look like? Man, their church is growing and yours isn't, and you get envious instead of celebrating the kingdom. It happens in churches. It happens sometimes between Sunday school classes, connection groups, whatever you want to call them. (laughs) It happens. Their class is growing, mine's not, I'm envious. Well, they're growing because they bring casserole. (laughs) Bring a casserole (laughs) and then invite me. No, <clears throat> envy. But it, but it happens with it, it happens between believers, man. God's using somebody and moving in their heart, and they're overflowing with joy. 
So it happens in the it happens with with singer people. Singer people, man, they sang you solo and I didn't. <laughs> Envy. And and then he says, hey, get rid of that, but get rid of the slander while you're at it. What's slander? I believe slander is a manifestation of envy. In other words, it comes out of my mouth. If I I don't have anything good to say, then just don't say anything at all. Slander. You know, sometimes in in churches we get good at sin and hiding our sin. What do you mean good at sin and hiding our sin? Sometimes I'm envious of somebody and I want to slander them. So I'll precede what I got. Bless their heart. (laughs) As if that covers my slander. Maybe I ought not to just say anything. Slander. He says, hey, repent of those things in my life. And again, it's not an exhaustive list. What, what, What am I struggling with? What are you struggling with? You know. God knows. Why, why does he say that? Right here he says, since you started when you received God's word, here's what he says. Remember where you started. You, you started when you received his word. Now what you gotta do is you gotta repent of your sin. Why? Here's why. Sin will contaminate the soil of your heart. That's what it does. Sin contaminates the soil. You ever mess with contaminated soil? You can take a bag of seed, 50-pound bag of seed, and pour it all day and all night and for the next, next 10 years. But if the soil is contaminated, the seed won't grow. And the seed of God's word will not grow if I'm harboring sin in my heart. So it doesn't matter if I come to church every time the doors are open. It doesn't matter if I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and open God's Word and spend 15 hours in God's Word a day. If I'm harboring sin in my heart, it's not going to take root in my life. It's doing me no good. And so Peter's saying, hey, deal with it. Deal with the soil of your heart. Proverbs 28 13, the Bible says it like this. Proverbs 28 and verse number 13. Listen to this one. He who conceals his transgressions. What do you mean? He's covering up. Well, they won't prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. And so just a a very practical, when when we're talking about repenting and and getting ready to receive God's word, here's, here's what I would encourage you. Just on a practical basis for all of us in the mornings or in the evenings whenever you're going to open up God's word before you come to a church service anytime you're going to get into into God's word anytime take a moment take a moment in fact Psalm 139 says there's an invitation that he gives to God he says search me and know my heart God Test me. You know my anxious thoughts. You know my issues. You know my struggles. If there's anything in me that's not pleasing to you, whatever it might be, God, I want to get that right. And so, and so take a time of, of when you invite the Holy Spirit of God to search me and be willing to repent of sin before you get into God's Word so that, so that the seed will find fertile soil. So that's what Peter's saying, saying repent. Repent, whatever that might be for you. And make sure you feed on Scripture. He says in verses 2 and 3, that's step number 3. 
Feed on, feed on the Word of God. Feed on the Word of God. Like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the Word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Man, make sure that you're, 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 you're eating. I, I, we, we, I don't know if I've told you lately, but I got a granddaughter. <laughs> She's four months this, this week. And uh, I've had a chance to be with her a couple of weeks out of the four months. And uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. That little girl, she's the most beautiful little girl. But, uh, but let me tell you what she does. About every couple of hours, about every couple of hours, I don't know what the timer is, but mama knows the timer. About every couple of hours, that girl just starts getting cranky. And, uh, and, 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 and the reason is because she's, she's longing for mama's milk. And nothing else is going to satisfy until I get to the milk. You think about a little baby like that. If Harper, if Harper woke up today and the day went by and Harper never cried for milk. And the next day went by and Harper never cried for milk. You know what we'd say? There's something wrong with Harper. There's something wrong with Harper. In fact, she's getting weaker, anemic. She's struggling. Peter says, there's something wrong in the life of a believer if I'm not longing for God's word. There's something messed up with my appetite. I'm messing it up somehow. There's something wrong. Something wrong. And the fact of the matter is, the reason why the church is so weak today is because we're just not feasting on God's word. It's a big reason. It's a big reason why there's struggles today. We're not feasting on God's word. And, it, and it's not just about reading it. It's about receiving what I'm reading. It's about being a doer and not merely a hearer. And getting into God's word and letting him, building my life. And I'm getting ahead of myself right now. But he says, you need to feast on God's word. Take time to eat and feast. Is it time to go? <laughs> you know, sometimes there's reasons why we don't eat and why we don't feast. And I uh, made mention earlier, in fact, <clears throat> sometimes it's, it's again, it's, it's, it's we, me. God help me to put food on the table. I mean, that's really, that's really one of the great tasks that I've been given by God is to put food on the table. And God helped me uh, to do that. But then all of us have a responsibility. It's not just the preacher's part. If all I'm doing, if all I'm doing is coming, if, if, if the only time I'm hearing God's word is when I come to church, I'm no different than a four-month-old baby. I mean, we're, we're hoping, our hope and our prayer for little Harper is that soon she's going to pick up a spoon. And she's going to move from the milk to the baby food. And then, and then after that, she's going to move from the baby food to the real food. <laughs> and then she and I are going to enjoy some donuts together. But uh, <laughs> God help us, people. So, so the writer of Hebrews says it like this. Watch this. Watch what he says in Hebrews chapter Five, verses 12, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 and following. 
He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, in other words, feeding others, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. God, help me to get into the word of God. It's interesting, interesting. When you see people and hear people say, you ever heard, you ever heard this statement made? <clears throat> I'm just not getting fed. You ever heard that statement made? If you're so spiritual enough to know whether or not you're being fed, why don't you pick up a fork and feed yourself? Y'all all right? Responding to spiritual sacrifice, it's not just about hearing the word, it's about building my life upon the word of God and coming to him as to a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And he, and he quotes from scripture, Old Testament scripture passages. And he says, behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. He's referring to a, a, a prophecy about Jesus Christ. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumbled because they're disobedient obedient to the word and to this doom they were also uh, appointed and so when you're talking about uh he says i want you to respond with spiritual sacrifice he says it's 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 he he, he likens them he says hey it's it's like the priesthood it's like the priesthood and and in their minds they're thinking of 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 the old testament uh, uh system the Jude, judaism the system of judaism where where when you're talking about the priest it was only the priest that had the privilege to be able to enter into the presence of god almighty into the holy of holies he says, hey, listen, you know what? You have the same privilege as the priest. You have the opportunity. You don't need another priest. You are a priest. You don't need somebody to go on your behalf. You can go directly into the presence of God Almighty and build your life upon the chief cornerstone. And he gives this picture of a builder. And he says, hey, here's how you do it. You, you build your life upon this cornerstone. And the cornerstone of a building is set. And the corner of a, of a building determines the squareness of a building. It determines uh, 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 the lines of the building. Whether or not it's going to be a structure that's stable. And he says, when you build your life upon Jesus Christ, the structure will be stable. In fact, he says this. He says, in fact, if you build your life upon Jesus Christ, if you let him be your chief cornerstone upon which you build your life, you won't be disappointed. That's a promise from God's word. He says, build your life upon God's word. You won't be disappointed. But there are those who've rejected that. What did they do? They looked at it and said, hey, this just doesn't fit for me. I mean, it's a picture of a, of, a, of a construction, right? A construction of a building. He's saying, hey, there's some that look at it and they, and they just say, this just doesn't work for me. 
And there are people that say that about Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 18, he said, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And there are people that would say, Hey, I'm not building my life on that. And you know what he says? Their end is doomed. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. This morning, I don't know who or what you're building your life upon, but if it's not upon Jesus Christ and his word, it's on shifting sand, and it just won't last. You know what I was thinking about this morning? uh, Just my journey. For, For 39 years... That's not very long. For some of you, it's longer. (laughs) But for 39 years, I've walked with Christ. For 28 of the 39 years, I've been a preacher. And can I tell you something? I am a satisfied customer. In fact, if I, seriously, if I had, if I had 100 lives to live, I would live every last one of them built upon Jesus Christ as my cornerstone. But I don't have a hundred, and you don't have a hundred. You only have one, and so do I. So my question to you is, what are you building your life upon? Is it Jesus Christ and his word, or have you selected your own cornerstone? And if you have, it's going to lead to ultimate destruction. God, help us, help us to be faithful to his word. Would you do me a favor this morning and join me for a time of prayer? Just a moment, I'm gonna pray, and after I pray, we're gonna sing a song, and after the song, there will be those that are down front that would love the opportunity and privilege to speak with you, to pray with you, to encourage you. But just this morning, just wanna ask the question, a couple of questions Just examine our hearts, God. God, search us. Begin searching us right now. Number one, have you been born again? Have you been saved? Ever been a time in your life when you said, man, I need Jesus Christ and I want him to be my Lord and Savior? And if there hasn't, I want to encourage you today. You come. Jesus loves you. Desires relationship with you. Come. Come. Hey, let me ask this question to the brothers and sisters. Number one, have you been feasting on God's word? Have you picked it up and feasted? If not, I just want to encourage you today. God, forgive me. Get into God's word. It's irreplaceable. It's impossible to be a healthy Christian without feasting on his word. God, help me today. One more question. What about the others in your life who need to hear the truth of God's word? Have you shared with them lately? God, help us to be faithful.
Lord Jesus, again today, I thank you for this time. God, I thank you for the opportunity, the privilege that we have to gather together like this and worship you freely. God, you are worthy to be praised. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you would search our hearts. Father, I pray for those that are here, whether they're in this building or online. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit, God, would show us, Father, if there be any that are perishing, don't have a relationship with you, that, God, your Holy Spirit would knock on the door of their heart, draw them to yourself, and I pray they'd repent and call on your name. Father, I pray for each one of us that you'd search our hearts, God, that we would be healthy, that we would be honoring to you, God, whatever it is that's messed up our appetite, Father, show us that we might repent of it. God, grow us. Lord, I pray for those opportunities, those divine moments, those divine appointments that you put into our lives. I pray that we be faithful. God, that you give us the courage and the clarity to share your truth. Lord, we love you. We thank you again for this moment. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.